Good morning. Buenos dias. My name is Ricky from Thailand, and uh, we're going to do a little something fun this morning. I think the last time I was here a couple years ago, we did this. And I noticed uh, in other churches I've been preaching at in California and, and even here in Abbotsford, uh, people don't shake hands anymore. In Thailand, we don't shake hands. So I feel kind of like I'm at home. So you're going to get up real quick, and we're going to do a greeting that we do in Thailand, and you're going to learn some Thai this morning. So in Thailand, we say, when we greet people, we say, Sawatdi. Girls would say, Sawatdi Ka. Okay, try that. Women, ladies. Okay, and men would say, Sawatdi. Get to say this this morning. Sawatdi Krap. Yeah. Okay, now here's the best part. You're just going to turn to your neighbor, uh, just one or two people. The young, we really respect our elders in Thailand. I love it. And uh, so if you are younger, you start the Sawadi Krap, and it's between your nose and your chin, okay? And you're just going to go like this and say your phrase. The younger person has to greet the older one first. And in Thailand, because we respect our elders, if you have gray hair, you are doing really well this morning because you got to go a little bit lower if you have gray hair. So try that. Try your phrase and greet the person next to you. Okay, having too much fun? Sit down. I'll tell you what you said later on. It's a tonal language in Thailand, so if you missed it, uh, you can get in trouble pretty quick. Uh, I want to bring you greetings from the churches all over Southeast Asia now. Now, when we started 20 years ago, Shanice, this is our family, um, and uh, we started almost 20 years ago in Thailand. We did this venture called Team 2000. If you go to the next slide, uh, this was us almost 20 years ago. I didn't have as much hair there, but that was kind of, the, I think, a style, but my wife doesn't agree with that. But so we went out, all these young kids, and uh, we made a 10-year commitment. And uh, all I can say is that it's been a fun ride. And the three families are still great friends. We felt like God was saying it's time to now multiply and get out uh, from this really cool team that we had and start doing other teams that would include nationals. So now we're all over Southeast Asia, which would include, so the greetings are from Thailand, 16 MB churches now. We haven't planted all those. The good news is Ties are planning churches now. Camus, tribal people that we've been working with even before we got there are now planting churches. And now we've ventured into Burma, five churches there, five and counting. And so we bring you greetings from the Burmese uh, MB churches and also uh, Cambodian. Now we have two Cambodian churches. And then we've also uh, been reaching into Laos for a number of years. Actually, we can't send missionaries there. It's a closed country, access to missionaries. But we do go and oversee some of the work. And the cool thing is, um, just to give you some numbers, I love statistics. Um, but one of the numbers we know is like in the last 12 years, they've baptized about 50,000 people. And just to give you kind of where that stands with our MB world, if you take North America, Mexico, U.S., Canada, membership-wise, it's a bit of an older stat, but about 70,000. In the last 12 years, we've baptized 50,000. And so God is on the move there in Southeast Asia. So we are uh, thrilled to be here. I want to say thank you to this church. You've been with us. If you don't know who we are, um, you can go to our website, look it up, uh, MB Mission website. Um, but you guys have been with us since the beginning. And that spans all the way back to year 2000. And then we left in 2001. 
uh, to actually go to Thailand with these three families. So the three families are still in Thailand, and we're still all <clears throat> working together, um, but in different uh, cities and, uh, and different regions now, really, because we're reaching into Laos and Burma and uh, Cambodia. So we're going to jump right into our passage. So here's the fun part. Pastor Tim and I met for lunch right before he left, and he said, uh, hey, how's that Matthew passage coming? I go, it's not coming too good. And so uh, I said, hey, I might kind of throw a curveball. He's a sports guy, so I said a curveball and maybe do something different. He goes, hey, let the spirit lead, and then I'll clean up your mess. So, <laughs> <laughs> so this morning we're going to uh, go to Colossians, and we're going to go right for uh, Colossians 3, verse 12. And I'm just going to read it. It says, therefore, God's chosen ones, holy and love, put on heartfelt compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, accepting one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another. Just as the Lord has for, forgiven you, so also you must forgive. Above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity, and let the peace of the Messiah, to which you were also called in one body, control your hearts, be thankful. Let the message about the Messiah dwell, dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father through him. And so this morning we already started with the wonderful worship. I love coming to North America because all our songs are in Thai. Love Thai now, and, but it's different. Coming back to your mother tongue. Actually, my mother tongue is Spanish, but coming back to my other mother tongue, it's just fun to listen to good worship music. So thank you this morning, team, Trevor and the team, for leading us. Um, I feel like worship is a great way to get us warmed up into what uh, God wants us to hear through his word. So I'll give you a little bit of background on this passage. It's going to be really quick, so hang with me. I love church history. Uh, first time in Europe about a month ago. And I couldn't wait to get to Rome. And so we just had two days in Rome. And Colossians was written by Paul. We think maybe Timothy wrote it, but let's just say Paul wrote it. Maybe Timothy was a scribe, but uh, we'll let scholars figure it out. But uh, we know Paul wrote about 13 of the New Testament books. So this city in Asia Minor is, is now today in modern-day Turkey, um, Colossae. And so the book was actually written to a servant of God named Epipras. And Epipras was lived uh, about 100 miles uh, he met Paul 100 miles outside of Colossae in a place near Ephesus. So that's kind of a little bit of background. That's a lot of probably land stuff, but I, I love it because when you're there, it just comes alive. So for me, here's what happened. It's 1,500, from, 1500 miles from Rome, this Colossae, modern-day Turkey. But when you see the dominance Rome had, the Roma... Pax Romana, which meant Roman peace, it spanned for over 500 years. We're talking a world-class city like we had never seen in the ancient world. It would actually be today, some of the buildings would still be, be really cool buildings because they built different then, but would actually 
be in, like if we were having a contest, they'd still be top 10 for sure. Their aqueduct system over 2,500 years ago was all over the city. You could go to Rome if you've been there and you, you know this. You can go to Rome, the water fountains. I didn't do the water fountains, but there's all kinds of fountains and you can just fill your water bottle up because the water was fresh and you could do that 2,500 years ago. Now you have to know, this is the Colosseum. I love sports. I'm a stadium guy. This is the stadium. And when you realize what was happening, you know, we see all this stuff, gladiators maybe, and all these other things that were happening there. They were actually persecuting Christians for their faith. So here's what was happening. The Roman emperors were saying, you must either really worship us or the gods that we've created. And if you don't bow to those gods, then we might throw you because it's like treason. Our, our, we might throw you to the lions at the Colosseum and they called it a spectacle and 50,000 people would show up and watch this. And so I just thought, wow, this is amazing. Like we're here and these catacombs here, there would be a stage right over it and then they'd let you go at it. First they let the animals go at it and then the gladiators. And here's what our tour guide told us. She said, and she wasn't a believer, she just gave it straight. She said, Christians back then would have been considered enemies of the state. And I'm thinking, enemies of the state, I've heard that before. And she said, if you want to make it even plain and more simple, they would be like your modern day ISIS. And I'm thinking, like terrorists? And she said, yes, because you were going against the empire. And so that's kind of the background here. Like we got Paul writing this. He's in prison. And so we got a picture of uh, uh, Paul where we think he wrote this with Timothy. So we were right in there. It's a dungeon. You go about 30 feet down. It's all rocks. And you realize, wow, like this is not the picture I had of prison. And the only hole back then was about 10 feet high, and you would be dropped in there. Now they put some staircases so the, the tourists can go and see it. So Karen and I, we actually read 2 Timothy, because we know Paul probably wrote it from right, that prison right there. And you begin to think he was writing against the empire, like he had a death sentence, and he knew it. Scholars believe that this was the last place where he was alive before he was beheaded. And so that gives you a little bit of the context for this passage. Now, in this story, we're talking a lot about love. We know when we think about the world today, we need more of that. But I kind of go, hey, you know, it's great to have love, but... We need God's love. And sometimes today we got to be so politically correct, we kind of sway off and we just talk about love, 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 and we forget about the Lord and, and Jesus and what he meant when he died on the cross for us. And so I'm thinking, wow, Paul really had to believe this stuff. Because if Paul is willing to die for this, either he's a crazy man, because he could have renounced it at any time, and they would have let him walk free. Because you have to remember, he was actually a Roman citizen, so they didn't know what to do with him. They're like, oh, shoot, we thought we had this. No, he's a Roman citizen. Oops. And so now Paul is uh, in his predicament, but he's going, I'm not going to bow to the empire. I want to share some stories on how we are loving people in Thailand. We started an orphanage 12 years ago. My wife was the founder and director. 
This is uh, some of our girls. And I want to point out uh, uh, just a quick thing in the, on this picture because at the end we're going to pray Thai style. If some of you don't know, I'm going to give you a little head, heads up. We're going to get up and we're going to pray. And there's a couple of things I want you to pray about. But one thing as we go through this, here's what God is doing. Most of our kids, if they didn't come to us, um, a Christian orphanage, they would have ended up probably, if they were a girl in the sex trade, being prostitutes. Many of their parents were prostitutes and have died of full-blown AIDS. So Mong, the first girl to your left, um, proud to report that today she's at a YWAM DTS for the arts. And uh, she's going for it. She's just like, I'm learning so much. It's all in English, so it's stretching her. She's got a little bit of English, but they accepted her. We work with her. We'll try to get some translation. She's loving it. I'm not going to go through all of them, but many of you remember Bing Bing, the one to my wife's left. Bing Bing, uh, we rescued from the streets of Thailand. She was uh, begging from the year, year two to seven. Her mother was a prostitute, and her mother died. She came to us because her aunt turned her in and said, I'm tired of seeing my little niece just being left on the streets for hours to beg. So the only thing she knew before she met uh, my wife in, in our orphanage was begging. She came to our place, and you could just see this fire inside this kid in a good way. You just knew she was going to do something. By the end of six months, she was number one in nine subjects at her school. And better yet, she said, to us one time at a very young age, like we got her when she was seven, maybe at 12 years old, she says, I think God wants me, me to be a doctor. Quickly, she joined our worship team and she'd pray in service and we think, wow, God's got a, his hand on this one. And then she said, I want to be a doctor. And we had, obviously, when you have HIV, you take a lot of pills, you're always in and out of the hospital. Uh, our kids are very healthy, but she had been connected to a few doctors, one in particular that kind of took her under her wing. And so I thought, you know, maybe she wants to be a doctor because doctors, even in Thailand, they roll some pretty nice cars. I'm a car guy, and they got some nice cars. And this doctor who would come on our campus always had this nice Mercedes. And then she always dressed really nice. And I told Bing Bing, hey, I know, Bing Bing, you want to be a doctor. You'd be driving a nice car someday. You'd make a good salary, and you'd look pretty sharp. I said, is that why you want to be a doctor? And she said, no, those might be okay things, but... She said, the reason I want to be a doctor is because I want to help people just like Karen. They call, out of respect, they call me dad, Karen mom. It's kind of a Thai thing, but we're not really their mom and dads because they have a mom full-time who lives with them. And, um, but they said, because I want to be like Mother Karen who rescued me, and I want to help as many kids as I can, and I think I can do the most by being a doctor. Isn't that great? God is on the move she would have probably been dead by now. And someday we have a prophetic dream that she's going to come to a place like Central Heights and actually share her testimony. We call her Dr. Bing, but she's going to share her testimony. Probably got another seven years, but she's on the right track. That doctor who kind of took her under her wing, we didn't know this, but she was one of the most prominent doctors in all of Thailand, not just our city. She's taught at all the medical schools. And she goes, this girl's pretty smart. And she wants this. I'm going to help her get there. She's not a believer. We've been praying for this doctor. But she said, and I want to pay for it because I know everyone, and we'll get her into the right school. So God is on the move. And that's all done because 
we took a really simple concept and we just started loving on kids. See, in Thai society, if you're a Buddhist, you believe in reincarnation. If you are uh, an orphan with HIV, you are at the lowest of the low. You must have done something wrong, is the thinking, in your past life to end up like this. We come in and we kind of break that and we say, no, here's what the Spirit of God is about. God says they're his chosen children, his people. They can be heirs to the throne. Yes, we know their life didn't start the best, but you only get one chance in this life, and then it's eternity. And we're going to give them the best chance they have on this earth with the love of God, good medicine, healthy lifestyles, and we're going to shoot for the best because we believe that God cares for these kids just as he would for the royal family's kids. And that's just not in their worldview thinking. And so it does something to them. But when you love people like this, they begin to take notice. We've had people say, we don't even love our Thai kids like that. You're doing something here. And I know it's, it's the Lord doing something at that great place called the Abundant Life Home. If you go to the next slide... We're all Warrior fans, of course. I don't know if there's sports fans in here, but we're just, we just happen to be Warrior fans there. I'm from Oakland, so uh, in case you didn't know, we won the championship again. And uh, sorry if you're a Canucks fan. It's going to be a while. We'll pray for you afterwards. So these are our kids. It's one of the homes in the back. Go to the next slide. Call them the Wonder Boys. I love what God's doing there. He's taken these kids that were literally the throwaways of Thai society. So this is the first five boys that God gave us. We thought we'd have babies. When you think of orphanages, you think of little younger kids. We got five 11 to 13-year-olds. The next slide is today. This is them today. Mac is going to graduate in an all-English business degree, international business. He'd love to own his own hotel someday. Um, just a couple more. June in the back. He, uh, he's been really popular. Uh, nice smile, tall kid. Uh, loves the Lord. He's at a Bible school right now in northern Thailand. And uh, he's been really popular with the MEI crowd, especially the girls. And so he works out too, so I think that helped when he took off his shirt. But that's, that's another story. So June, this is what God is doing. I love it. So June is at Bible school. Now, it's been making world news, uh, and if you haven't been watching TV, there's kids in, that were trapped in a cave. And they went deep, and it was floodwaters, flash flood, and they got stuck. They've been there almost for two weeks. This morning, we've been praying like crazy. This morning, we heard six have been released, and as we're here now, they're trying to get the rest out, including the coach, so seven more to go. We even had a diver who died, and so it was really like this, wow, this is... Risk. None of the kids know how to swim. They're going to literally go from not swimming to diving in areas where it might be for 20 minutes in small crevices. June says, I need to go there and just pray for these kids. So him and one of our other girls who also went to Bible school just go and they go and they're shocked because there's a thousand Christians praying outside the cave. <laughs> CNN doesn't know what to do with it. All these other stations don't know what to do with it because it's Christian. They're calling it religious groups. And as Karen and I are listening to it, it's pretty cool. We're listening to it, 
the reporter, but we're trying to listen to what they're saying in the songs. And it's like, that's our favorite Thai song they're singing in the background there. And so all these Christians got together and they prayed and God literally moved the mountain because we were thinking that we're going to have 13 funerals and they didn't know how it was going to work. The, uh, it didn't rain like it was supposed to rain. The divers didn't think they could get into certain areas. They did. And uh, now there's uh, just seven more to go, and we're hoping by the end of the service maybe we'll, uh, we'll get that message that they've all been released. And what we saw there as we think about this verse is above all, put on love, the perfect bond of unity. They've united. There's other groups there, other religious groups, but they're uniting. Instead of going like, we got this, the Muslims, we got it, or hey, Buddhist, you're cool, but we got this. They're kind of going like this. Come with us. We're going to show you who God is. Come with us. And oftentimes we want to push that out. I love what we're doing with this Building Leaders for Peace. A good friend, Saji, kind of was one of the guys who came up with the idea. And they're going to areas where Christians would never be invited to because they think when we get there, we just want to convert and make more disciples, which we do. But sometimes you got to go in and just love people and just say, come with us. Let's eat a meal together. It takes longer, but we got to keep loving people. The same thing is, uh, I think, happening right here in your community. People out these doors, when you leave, you become a missionary. I don't know if anybody's ever told you that. I think you have, you've probably heard that. You become a missionary when you leave. I see church, some churches love to have you're now entering the mission field as you walk out the doors. Because there's such a big mission field here, right here in Abbotsford. So love one another. Go to the next slide here. We love to do baptisms in Thailand. And baptizing, I think, are a great way to, again, show people that we're loving and doing the work that God has called us to. And there's no shortage of baptisms. If you go to the next slide, Janice, this is at our ICOM meetings where we baptized, I think it was about 15 Burmese and Thais, and we had 37 nations represented. We all came together. Uh, Thailand, we hosted it. And uh, it was just great to see the family of God get together. And even, like, we always do it publicly, like a lot of baptisms, um, partly because it's just warm there, so we can do it all the, throughout the whole year. And we've, we happen to live near the ocean, so that's always fun. So we go out there, and it's a public spectacle. I'm thinking back to the Colosseum days, those spectacles on really killing Christians, to now these spectacles, because guess what happens? You're at a beach, it's a weekend, there are a lot of people going, what are they doing? Why are they going underwater? What's happening? And then we have, strategically, our best evangelists on the edges going, hey, did you eat lunch yet? Would you like to kind of join our group? We're doing these things called baptisms. What's that? And you begin to have a conversation with them. And next thing you know, we've actually baptized some people that were just asking questions on the same day. So God is doing some really fun things. Okay, a few more pictures here. This is uh, the second story I wanted to share. Pong. This is the God we serve. And I hope this encourages you. Because sometimes maybe we just need that. Maybe we've been a Christian for a long time. And we just need, Lord, I need to know you're real. I encourage that usually by getting involved. 
It's one thing to say and come to church, good stuff. But even here, right here in Abbotsford, there's so many different ways you can get involved to actually see God move. Hong is a kid who was born with HIV. We got him at an orphanage uh, about 10 years ago. So he's 18. And one time he just came. This is when we're dropping him off at the airport. And they're going, first time they're at Bible school. And from all, I think it was all three of them, first time on an airplane. And so Pat, Pong, and then June. And so we sent them off. He comes back. And he on his own prayed to the Lord. He said, Lord, I don't really feel you right now. I know you're real. You've done too much for me not to believe that. But I just don't feel your presence. And Lord, why did I have to be born with this HIV? Why can't I be like an, every other kid, his friends that don't have HIV, like them? Simple prayer. He didn't tell anybody. We do blood tests uh, once a year just for checkups and just make sure they're okay and their blood counts are, are doing okay. The doctor turns to us and says, what are you doing to this, these kids? Because they've heard a long time ago, now, we had two kids about 11 years ago healed of HIV. That story went viral all over at least the MB world. And they've kind of heard some things that are happening. They just take notice that the kids are doing health, healthier this lifestyles. They're, they're strong. And they're like, what are they doing over there that we're not doing at our orphanages? Pong prays, comes back. Doctor says, this is a medical, he called it a medical miracle. He no longer has HIV. I don't know about you. Yeah, thank you. Amen. Thanks the Lord. I don't know about you, but man, that does something to me because I know the kid. I know he's taking medicine every day at 7 a.m. and at 7 p.m. to make sure his viral count is high enough so that he literally doesn't die. He's not taking pills anymore. He's free of that. God can do that. And God continues to do that. A few more here. Then we'll close up. That's just a cute face you had to see. <laughs> Go to the next one. We do basketball ministry, so maybe there's people in the audience here that know somebody or need to go on a mission trip. Hey, come on our basketball teams. We're trying to try to do them every year now, but every odd year we go to Philippines and Thailand. This is, we played against the, go to the next slide. Go back to that slide. Oh, that's it. So we played against uh, the Filipino national team. Um, we've played against pro teams. But we're not just out there to play ball. Like, it's fun, and it's a high level, and I grew up, and that's part of my intro, how I came to know the Lord. I got a scholarship. I met, actually, my wife. It was missionary dating. She led me to the Lord. And, and soon after that, we started dating. But basketball has always been a big thing, sports in general. And now we're bringing people halfway around the world to share their faith. We actually like it when not all the guys or girls on the team are Christians because we know they're going to be mingling and being with other strong believers and it's got to do something every day we start with devotions and we pray and some of these kids have never read the bible even um and so 
it's great to see what God is doing through that way. So if there's anybody out there that knows of a sports person that I need to tell my grandson, he needs to go on one of those teams, give me a call because we'd love to have them. So last slide. That's the girls' teams, and that's in the Philippines. And then one more. I often joke, if nothing else, we have really nice beaches. So come to Thailand. It's exotic with monkeys. Uh, get involved. Local, national, global. It's kind of one of our slogans at MB Mission because God is on the move. So maybe it's for some of you, you, f- you don't feel called to go halfway around the world. And that's fine. But there's plenty here that I hear that the church is about reaching the community. For some of you, it might go national, maybe another part of Canada, maybe working with a different group of people you never thought you'd work with. For some of you, maybe God is saying, no, it's time. It's time to go and experience something completely different, something that's just going to throw you, your, your box just is going to break open, and you're going to go like, wow, I didn't know Christians even did that, or God even moved like that. And a number of you um, have experienced that, not just in Thailand, but on other mission trips all over the world. So we're going to end here with uh, a little prayer time. And then the worship team's going to come, and then Trevor's going to close us up. But here's what I'd love to do. want to pray for the boys in the tunnel. And here's how we're going to do it. you got to get out your, this is my wife's term, made this term up. you got to get out your mental costalness, okay? So that means I want you to pray like we pray in Thailand. We pray all at the same time. So if you guys can stand. And then you'll, you'll stay standing because we'll do one last song. And remember, your mental costliness. Sorry if it's breaking tradition here, but I need you to pray out. And I know God hears it even when we pray in, in silent in, that, uh, in our closets. That's great. But today we're going to do it out loud at the same time. It's kind of chaotic, but you've got to give it to me. And I want you to pray. Uh, there was a picture. If you go back to the picture we had the girls... Shanice, with my, my wife, uh, first Thai picture. Oh, wow, she's good. Um, <laughs> noon. Noon ran away. We got, you know, on Sundays we like to share the good things God is doing, but the reality is the enemy is fighting hard for these kids because he knows if they make it, the throwaways make it. Oh, no, watch out because Thailand's going to be changed and Southeast Asia is going to be changed forever. Noon, the second one. She ran away. And it's not a good thing when you run away in Thailand as a girl. And we've been praying hard for her that she would just... My wife uh, got a picture that... Uh, it was actually a, a mission in Thailand where it was like Jesus was holding the sheep, only it was her, and she was bloodied, but she was still alive. And maybe she has to hit rock bottom before she realizes what she left. She still says she has a faith, but that can easily turn. She got involved with a guy, wasn't good news, and basically she ran away. So noon, I want you to pray for noon, okay? That's one thing. I want you to pray for our team again because we can pray for it all. The team going to a very dangerous part of the world, Iraq and Turkey and these areas. Uh, So our BL for Peace team. And then uh, I want you to pray for the boys in the tunnel. So that's the third thing. And then in general, uh, pray for the church. See, this thing here, we didn't get into it. We didn't have enough time to really get exegetical here in this call. But this love thing is bigger than we think. Because 
if we in here can't love each other, then how are people out there going to want to know this God? So one last thing we're going to pray for, and I want you to think about this as you're praying. Maybe there's people in here in your own church, your members, that you've had a beef with. And you're kind of like, ah, I don't even want to go there. But you guys haven't talked for months, years, maybe even for a long, long time. Maybe it's time to forgive each other. Maybe it's time to have that talk and say, hey, brother, I know I hurt you. Humble yourself and say, I'm sorry. And when that begins to happen within the church, man, we're going to do things for God because we see that happening all the time in Thailand. We think it's some kind of like, oh, it's Thailand and that's cool. They're doing all this. They're seeing miracles. The God that is doing all that is the same God that loves you and wants you to experience that. But you got to love each other. So if there's anything that, as I said that, you just, it came to mind and it's probably something. And it could be a family member outside of here who's not even a Christian. And we know how those things go. You're not even talking to each other. You don't even want to be at family gatherings. It could just be a friend at work. It could be somebody here sitting right next to you. So I want you, as you pray, to think about that and ask God, hey, Lord, is there something here? Okay, so can we do that? We're going to pray about those things. And then I'm going to ask, um, would you close that for me? Yeah, close it. And then we'll bring the team up here to uh, finish off with one song. So let's pray, Pentecostal style. Pray out loud. Stretch your hand out if you want. And uh, let's pray. One, two, three, go. Father, thank you for this time. And thank you, Lord, that you are a good God. That God, because of you and what you did on the cross, we can forgive each other. Thank you, Lord, that you love us so much that you sent your only son to die on the cross and forgive us of all our sins. And that means, Lord, that we need to forgive others. So God, remind us of those people. If they're here in this service, we need to go to them, humble ourselves, and ask to just be loving one another as Christian brothers and sisters. God, you know the things that are happening around the world. You know this team that's going out to Iraq, Lord. Father, we know that you bless people when we love each other. Thank you for all the different things you're doing in, in Thailand. Lord, right now specifically, we pray for the kids in the tunnel. and We just ask God one more time, Lord, that you would rescue all of them, that none would perish, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you for noon, Lord. We know she's your child. We want her back, Lord. We're not satisfied with just her knowing you. We want her back. So, Father, move in a powerful way. If she has to hit rock bottom, then let it be, Lord. But we want her back. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you love us. In Jesus' strong name, amen.